everyone, and welcome to another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm your host, Scott Gerard, joined as always by my co-host, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger, coming to you week after week. Uh, we're just now hitting June, and things are picking up. Uh, we're going to get into all of that, anything else you related and otherwise, but before we do, just want to remind you folks, uh, if you're not already following us on Twitter, which I, I can't imagine why you wouldn't be, uh, please do so by going to at Talking Tigs. Um, and we're also on Facebook as the Talking Tigs podcast. And you can find us on iTunes and Spotify as well. Before we jump into this uh, you know, beginning of summer goodness, I just wanted to check with the co-host to see how you guys are doing. So uh, how, how's it going down there? Oh, it's pretty good. Can't complain. Not much going on. You know, just another day in the, in the life of a of a former former slash future LSU Tiger. Good to hear that. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Also, and then last week on the podcast, I plugged the official Talking Tigs TikTok account as well as the Instagram. Say that five times fast. <laughs> Talking Tigs TikTok. Yeah, but uh, last week I said we had around 300 followers. We're doing good. We dropped a video this Saturday, so two days ago. Um, I kind of had a little bit of the idea, and then Tommy put it together, a great video that kind of went viral on TikTok. It Boom. has 30,000 plays and just kind of blew up. We went from 300 to over 800 followers in one day. Um, it's The Alabama fans were in the comments section. They were mad. They just kept arguing. And they stayed mad. Just, I just had to hit them with that still champs though, um, <laughs> which they just couldn't even deal with. But uh, so I told you, if you're missing out on the TikTok, then uh, you're you're not there with it. And we got more great content coming through the pipeline for you on that one. Look, I'm telling you, like I think that the I think that the the best thing that I've learned from doing this TikTok thing is that you know it seems like everybody loves the LSU content, including the Chinese government, because they're just letting our TikToks you know blow up. So I'm excited about it. Everybody, go follow us on the TikTok, and uh, you know we'll see we'll see you on the talk. <laughs> As the kids say, that's what the, that's what the children say these days. <laughs> they say, "See you on the talk." I have no idea. Oh. <laughs> I, I was willing to go with it, but uh, whatever. Uh, well, glad to hear you guys are doing well. And, and you know, it sounds like uh, it's just business as usual down there. But I, I kind of wanted to ask because it you know had to deal with one of the stories that we had um, because you know LSU football was actually supposed to you know start individual workouts today, but they postponed that because of tropical storm Cristobal. Um, I'm not on the ground like you guys are, so I. Yeah, I guess I was willing to, I guess it's out of precaution, but you know, what's, is there, is there not a storm above you? Is, is it kind of dissipated? What's, uh, what's the latest guys? So, um, I'm, I'm in Baton Rouge as we speak and I was a little bit, um, you know, I'm not going to say excited, but, um, just kind of waiting for Cristobal to come in because, uh, I was thinking maybe I'll get, maybe I'll, you know, maybe they'll cut work off a little bit today. Like maybe we can work from home or I don't have to go into the office. And then I never heard anything. So I went in still was expecting to just get soaked, you know, like maybe like, cause it didn't rain this morning when I went to work. So then I was a little bit upset cause I'm like, Oh dang. Like, of course, like the moment, like when I leave work, it's going to just pour. I know that's how it's going to be. And I'm going to get soaked and it's going to be terrible. No, hasn't rained at all today it's like the clouds are dark and, and, and weirdly ominous, but like sunny, you know, hot today, very weird. Um, 
but I will say that I was a little bit surprised when, you know, the forecasters named this storm after the coach of Oregon, because I was kind of like, well, why, uh, like, why would you do that? It doesn't really make sense to me. Uh, you know, of course the court coach of Oregon is Mario Cristobal. Now, after kind of living through, uh, tropical storm Cristobal, I get it because this storm has been hyped up. It was hyped up the whole time and then it just never showed up. So it kind of makes sense why they would name it after Oregon. True. But, uh, also I, I, when, uh, when I heard the name of the storm, I remember it wasn't, wasn't Mario the coach at Miami at one point? Or he was a coach at Miami uh, whose mascot is the Hurricanes. That was the connection I drew. But Mario Cristobal was at Miami. So, I don't know, uh, six degrees, whatever you want to call it. Maybe, maybe like Miami, maybe Miami knew something we didn't. They just, right. they predicted this storm. Right. <laughs> maybe, my, he, uh, maybe, my, maybe the University of Miami predicts every storm every year. Uh, he with their with their mascot <laughs> he, the, he, he played for miami and uh was their offensive line coach in 06 06 oh it was way back then okay uh, i thought it was more recent but yeah um that would be my guess uh but yeah now i was down south in new orleans even closer to the coast where the path was and it pretty much just rained all day sunday nothing too crazy today went into work normally it actually did pour down for like an hour but nothing too much. And so just kept on cruising like normal now, uh, I do think, day in the life. I do think Grand Isle got hit. Did you hear that, Daniel? Yeah, they had some storm surge and stuff down in Grand Isle. And I think the Slidell area caught a, a good wave also. Yeah, the Dirty Dell. Mm. Uh, well, hopefully every, everyone's okay and there, there wasn't too much damage. Uh, just postpones practice probably, what, a day or two at most. No big deal. They've already been postponed a, a, a few months now. Um, but, uh, you know, moving into, to other LSU news, uh, Scott Woodward this week, uh, was actually talking about, uh, upcoming, you know, some scheduling that they, they were looking forward to. Uh, and what he mentioned, one was pretty, pretty direct. He said they were looking into scheduling, uh, possibly a home and home with Michigan and they're hopefully, hopefully get it soon. Hopefully get it done pretty soon, um, you know, which is interesting. And when you look at the AD uh, for Michigan, uh, Ward Manuel or Ward Manuel, however you say it, uh, he's actually from New Orleans. He went to Brother Martin. Uh, and so I imagine he'd want to get down here and, you know, get, get his roots in, in the game. But uh, I think a home and home with Michigan in the big house would be amazing. I wish it was, you know, back in Michigan's, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the last time they were really good. Maybe the late nineties, maybe mid two thousands, you know, when they were still challenging Ohio state, like that would be an amazing game, but just having LSU in the big house would be something. Um, and of course having them in tiger stadium would be awesome too. Uh, and then there was a not so subtle hint at LSU looking into do another neutral site game, which, you know, we have loved to do, uh, you know, in the last decade or more. Um, and he didn't really say anything specific. He just said there's a new stadium in the NFL, and, oh, wouldn't it be nice to play there? Um, and I'm thinking he's pointing to Vegas. No mention of who they might play. Or, Vegas, maybe. Yeah, what particular year. But uh, could you just imagine? And that's a dome, too, by the way, which you know would be nice and air-conditioned, um, unlike Syracuse. But uh, could you imagine LSU playing in Vegas? How cool that would be? My goodness, you think uh, you think 
LSU playing anywhere in the country and the Tigers travel well. Imagine just a playground outside of the football playground. That would yeah. be amazing. The LSU so, faithful would descend upon Vegas and wreak havoc the likes of which they had never seen. Yeah, it'd be, it'd right. be like when we went to when we went to Vanderbilt and like Nashville like, wasn't dry. ready. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't ready, but Ve- but Vegas really wouldn't be ready. I'll yeah. say it right now. If uh, if LSU has a Vegas neutral site week, talking takes is going on the road. Mark it down. There we go. Awesome. All yeah, right, so so that begs the question then, uh, if you know if you were uh, as a fan, let's say one of these was going to happen in two years from now, uh, you get to go to see LSU play at the Big House, one of the most storied, like the oldest, biggest stadiums in college football history. Uh, you could go there, or you could go to Vegas to see LSU play in a new NFL stadium with no history, uh, and you don't even know who they're playing yet. What do you say right now, Tommy? Uh, you know, I think it's, I think there are two great choices. You got you got Michigan with the biggest, the housiest stadium in all of college football. But I just got to put my money on Vegas. We're going to we're going to Nevada. Like, <laughs> not surprised. Yeah, that's where we got to go. There's so much to do there. You know, like even if you can't like. I don't know. I think that there'd be a chance of like, I think it'd probably be hard to get tickets for the, uh, for the game in Michigan. Michigan. Like if you went to yeah, Michigan, less available. Sure. but like, if you can't get, but like, who cares if you can't get tickets to the LSU game in Vegas? Cause you can just watch the game from the sports book or wherever you're at. So like, I mean, there's a lot of fo- There's a lot of good food. You don't have to go all the way to Michigan, which is nice. Um, there's a direct flight from Shreveport and new Orleans, I believe. So like, a little bit of ease of access for our, for our Louisiana people. I just, I think the, I think the choice, the choice is clear. Yeah, I agree. Big time. I think it would be, it's hard because I'd love to see one of the big non-conference matchups they've got scheduled in the upcoming years. We've got games against Florida state, Clemson, Oklahoma, I believe. um, Oh, then obviously like the talks about Michigan or whatever, but if they could get like Oklahoma or Clemson to come out, then that would be crazy. But I know they had those home and home agreements. So I don't know if they would be able to break one of those to go to a neutral side game in Vegas, but obviously if Vegas has the money, then the money might be right to do it. I think, I think he's probably talking, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe he is talking about Michigan, but I would think that we're talking about like a new opponent, you well, know, yeah, like the, well, the Vegas, problem. Yeah. It'd be like, I think that's separate than Michigan. It is separate. Okay. I thought, I thought you were kind of well, presenting my, it as. Yeah, that's my guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to be like, I'm sure what they'll do is they'll start when like the Vegas thing, they might even have one planned for this year. I haven't heard anything about it, but like, you know how like uh, in at the peach at the uh, Georgia dome, they do uh, the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. And I think at the, the orange bowl, you know, in Orlando, they do, I don't know what they call it, but whatever their kickoff game is at the you know neutral site, like two big two big uh, teams will play. So, you know, I think I think that would be great. I I love I love watching LSU like on the national stage doing like the, the early season like good matchups. So that way, your first game like you get to watch like a game a game that actually is kind of fun and it's not like Northwestern State or Rice or something. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think you- I think it'd be fun. But do you see what I was saying though? Like they already have these games like locked in with other teams and typically you only play like one big non-conference opponent per season. So like this year we have um, Texas, obviously. Then the year after it's UCLA, I believe in Pasadena. 
and then Florida State the next two years. Those are actually neutral site games to start the season. The first one's at the Superdome um, versus Florida State, and then we play in Orlando against them in 2023. And then we get UCLA again, and then Clemson, and then Clemson's like, I don't know how they would weave in another big time like marquee matchup in with all of these ones already, unfortunately. But like I'm saying, if they can get one to just say, all right, we're, we're going out there and living it up for one game, then uh, I think that would be a great result. Well, like in, in 2011, we played two marquee non-conference matchups. We played Oregon in the, in the Cowboy kickoff or whatever at Cowboy Stadium, and then we went to West Virginia. So that was a home and home. And yeah, so like I could see them if I think if I think what matters more is if if the money's right, like if if they can get the if they get the right money to go to Vegas and the um, and the if the team's right, like if, if Coach O feels confident in his in his team, like I think they'll play it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if they would, I don't know. I, I doubt that I could see Coach O and Scott Woodward getting the opportunity to play like on a national stage at a neutral site game and be like, Oh, sorry, we've already got Clemson on the schedule. We're good. No, no, I, I agree. And I, I think um, the money will, you know, build it and they will come type of mentality, which was, you know, my thought on the TikTok earlier, by the way, uh, <laughs> it's one of my favorite lines from, uh, it was from field of dreams. Yeah. You build it. They will come. If you say, LSU is going to play in Vegas on 20, I don't know, 23, just saying that, just putting that out there. If they're playing in Vegas in 2023, you know, it doesn't matter. Someone's going to hop in on that. And just based on what, you know, LSU's gotten the last few times they've done one of these kickoff games, you're looking at at least like a guaranteed, like a mil and a half just for the TV rights for LSU to go there. Like, I feel like the money's not going to be an issue. Finding a good opponent, opponent's not going to be an issue. It's just probably, you know, picking the opponent with the right date. Yeah. And I think Vegas won't run out of Miller light like Atlanta did or, or Nashville did. So <laughs> there is that. Um, but one little, one other little side note I wanted to mention uh, since we're on, you know, talking about Michigan uh, our, I guess we could say our colleague, Paul Feinbaum uh, said something this week that, you know, normally ha, it's like, I'm struggling to find something that Paul Feinbaum says that I, I can laugh at that. I can agree with that, you know, that I'm just on board with, but he, he did this week and it kind of goes along with this. And uh, I know, I know Tommy could probably, it probably resonates with him, but he, he did a, an interview with 24 uh, seven sports and he was, you know, Paul Feinbaum was asked about who he thought the most overrated coach was. And he said, there's no getting around it for what he makes for that program. He wins the crown. I've believed in them a couple of times. Maybe they'll win at home, and I'm not a hater. I have just been abused by Jim Harbaugh <laughs> in believing too often that he could get it done. He can't get it done. Let's go to you, Daniel. Agree or disagree? I think I agree. I was I hadn't heard this headline, and while you were saying it, I was a little bit scared because I thought you were about to say it was Ed Orgeron, and then (laughs) Feinbaum thought he had, like, locked into a championship, and, like, really it was all his assistant coaches that were getting the job done. But uh, thankfully he recognizes him for actually doing the the job. But, yeah, Jim Harbaugh, with all the hype that Michigan has year in, year out by the media, he's just over there stanced up on the sideline, hands on his knees, khaki stretched thin, Mm -hmm. um, just – screaming at his players throwing his headset down and then they just they can't do it i'm sorry you get destroyed by ohio state every single year 
And then when you play in the big game, you got absolutely torched by Alabama's third stringers in the Citrus Bowl last year. Um, and that's not the, the marquee of a program with the pedigree of Michigan. So uh, I think I, I'm with you there, Paul. <laughs> Tommy? Paul! No, I, I, yeah, I, I think I, I think I totally agree here with with a uh, good old Mr. Feinbaum. Um, although, you know, I, I almost I almost wonder. Like, I, I, it's no no doubt that that Harbaugh is is overrated. It's not even a question. Like, I think that honestly, like, that's a little bit of a cop out for Feinbaum to say just because like it's so obvious. You know, the only thing the only thing uh, that that Harbaugh does consistently is wear his wife's khakis to, to the games. Like that's, that's about the only thing that he can get done. But, uh, other than, but like, I think, you know, maybe like I encouraged Paul, why don't you step out on a limb is I think we might have to get in that conversation with Jimbo. I mean, the $75 million man, what is he doing? You know, like price, price to results. He, uh, he might take the cake. Yeah, really. And like, what I'm telling you, like, what has he really produced at a and I, I think there are a lot of people, a lot of Aggies right now are saying they wish they had uh Kevin Sumlin back. Cause at least when they had Kevin Sumlin, they got, uh, uh, Manziel and, and Mike Evans. True. So. Uh, but I'd say, uh, just, just on top of that. And, uh, I'm not praising Jimbo by any means, but at least in his first year, he got them that win over LSU. I think that buys him two years. Now, I agree with you also. It's like he's got to find his next Manziel or Jameis Winston or whoever because, um, <laughs> you know, guys have been transferring out of there and doing great elsewhere. Kyler Murray? Yeah, like Kyler Murray. You know, he left, he left uh, A&M, went to Oklahoma, and <laughs> won a Heisman. Won the Heisman. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, Jimbo's got to produce something here in the next year or so. Uh, but, yeah, I'd say he's probably in the top five – after Harbaugh, and I also totally agree that he's definitely overrated because if you think about it, it's like he's been there now. There should have been something. He was at Stanford when you know they weren't really in it, and he kind of turned them around. They went like two and eight from one year, and they beat USC though, and that kind of turned him around and got him into things. That's how he got the job for the 49ers uh, and took them to the Super Bowl. You know, it's like yep. he was, I'd say, a few plays, maybe another quarter away from winning that game um, against his brother. You know, like who's had to coach against their brother in the biggest game of their life. So I'm willing to give Jim Harbaugh. It's like, he, I know he can, but he hasn't. So uh, I'd say the clock has passed for him. And Michigan is just kind of biding their time at this point. For what? I don't know. But, it, it just doesn't make really, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, yeah. you know, it doesn't seem like Harbaugh's like tried anything different. He hasn't really like, he, I don't know. It just seems like it's almost to me, Harbaugh in Michigan is almost like Notre Dame where it's like they they live in this in this thing about how like we're Notre Dame, we're the best program of all time and we're just that good. We've got the lifetime contract that did NBC like it doesn't matter. We're just we're Notre Dame. And so like you know, you can only be you can only say like we're X program for so long before people just stop caring. And um I mean, even LSU, LSU had that, you know, like we went, we went through it. Like, I think we've even talked about on this podcast, like I almost count like 2015 to 2017 are like the lost years of LSU football, where it's like, we had Danny Etling and we had uh, Anthony Jennings and we had Brandon Harris. And, you know, it, it was just like kind of, we, and the, the sad thing is we had a ton of talent and it just kind of was not utilized. Um, but 
we, you know, at least, at least like we had the uh, self-awareness to kind of step back and be like, okay, we need to make serious changes because this is not LSU and we're not going to be able to sit here and say, oh, we're the, we're up in the top tier of the SEC top tier college football. If we continue to go eight and eight or continue to go, you know, nine and three or whatever. And yeah. And lose to lose to Troy. But like, it seems like Michigan can just, uh, it can just be like, well, we're Michigan or Notre Dame can be like, well, we're Notre Dame. And until they, until they start making changes and actually, you know, commit to, to do it, to doing something different. Uh, you know, I do not, I do not predict great, uh, great things for Mr. Jim. Mm. Daniel, do you have anything else to add on that? I don't think so. I think we knocked Jim Harbaugh out. I think we should yeah. put Jim Harbaugh in a body bag. Yeah, well, I'd say maybe what Michigan is waiting on because they invested so much money and he is, you know, uh, the prodigal son returning. But uh, remember the one of the guys before him, Lloyd Carr, it's like, remember when they lost to Appalachian State? Oh, yes. Yeah, it's like that's kind of what set the ball in motion for, for him, uh, just that program, really. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know if Jim's had like that type of just a shocking loss. I feel like they've had one the last year or two where just, you know, Michigan lost and just like, this is not our program, but uh, you know, they haven't done anything. Uh, I mean, he still has kind of a winning record. So I, I don't know. I don't know what they're waiting on, but um, they, they're not going to beat Ohio state anytime soon. I don't think, but anyway, um, one other quick, quick LSU uh, scheduling note. Um, Scott Woodward also mentioned that, uh, he was, you know, there, it was about discussions with a, uh, you know, a game against possibly Tulane since, you know, they're making a, a game against Southern and Grambling, maybe some more in-state opponents. But he, when asked about Tulane, he said, um, nah, see, they want a home and home and that just doesn't really work for us. So, <laughs> so we're, we're, we're cool. Thank you. And that was pretty much it. Uh, I don't know. I know, I know Daniel's a big Tulane fan. Um, so, so how did that news hit you, Daniel? Yeah, I saw that and it would definitely be cool. My, my home Tulane green wave to renew the battle for the tiger rag once more. Obviously it was a bigger thing back in from whatever, when, 1950 to 1980 or something when Tulane, the founding member of the sec, people forget this, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it wouldn't really be competitive at least in the current market, but Tulane did get their own new stadium. So I'm sure they could fill that up when I was at Tulane, they had one big baseball game every year. They played a home and home each year with LSU. And that was the one game they filled the stadium up. And that was like, people were hyped up to go to that game. So I think, yeah, people will definitely show out, but obviously, like you said, the money wouldn't be right. One thing other programs have done, I think Michigan actually did this speaking of is do three for ones with their local schools to where they get the directional school, whatever Eastern Michigan, they play three home games at Michigan and then Michigan goes to their place one time. So instead of a home and home, it's three for one. And so like Michigan obviously gets the big money three of the times. And then the small school gets the benefit of having the, the Titan come to their house once in a blue moon, which is usually enough for them. So I think that's reasonable. I saw somebody saying the same thing about Louisiana schools. Like it would be crazy if LSU all of a sudden started traveling for three for ones, like to Ruston for Louisiana tech or to Lafayette, that game will be hype. Um, you imagine but, if LSU went to ULM? They might just take it on the road. Take They're, on Malone Stadium. <laughs> they roll into Grambling. They uh, they come down to Tulane. But I think that's 
I mean, for some of those schools, you probably have to go to a five or a seven for one, like if you're, they're going to play nickels at home. But uh, <laughs> it's just fun to think about, but that's all I got. They're going to go play Centenary at home. <laughs> no, but Daniel, I think that the, the one difference and like, you know, sorry, Jim, but that was Michigan you're talking about. Michigan, right now, Michigan doesn't command the respect of like, I can't, I think it's much more reasonable for, for a directional for Eastern Michigan to say, Hey, look, Jim, you're not that much better than us. Like come, come play us at home once. So, but like, I, I, I agree with Scott Woodward in that, like, all right, come on, a home, you know, playing, playing Tulane in at Tulane is not that it doesn't really do much for us. Um, I think it'd be cool. Like I remember when, like, it's, it's not unprecedented for, uh, a big sec team to go to uh to go to like a smaller school in louisiana i'm pretty sure i can't remember if dak prescott was with mississippi state at this time or not but daniel do you remember when when mississippi state went to ruston and played at tech yeah i went to a ulm game in monroe when baylor came to town oh yeah, yeah this, baylor was, came. this was in maybe 2012 and it was the first game of the season i don't remember how they got baylor to come but like the stands were filled and oh, this is Baylor. Huge. We're talking about not like LSU or anything. This was fresh off of, um, wasn't this fresh off of, of RG three winning the Heisman? Maybe so. I don't think, yeah, RG three was not in the game. He wasn't playing. So I think it was like the year after. Yeah, but like, it was a big deal. So, and that was Baylor, not even LSU. But like you said, the TV networks aren't going to be picking up the local game in Ruston or whatever. And then the stadium is limited capacity. You can't sell out the tickets. Um, but obviously it would be a good boom to the local economy just for that one day. So there's definitely opportunities. No, I, I remember when, when, when Mississippi state came to Ruston, like it was huge. There were people, everybody was going to that game and like, not even like tech people, just, just people were like, Oh, I'm going to Ruston tonight. So yeah, I mean it'd be cool, and I, I, I mean I guess the the three for one thing would would be kind of cool as well. But like, um, I, I I don't think LSU at this point really needs it. So I can kind of see where Woodward's Woodward would say like, let's just not it's just not really in our interest right now. Mm. What do, what do you think about if if they had a game in the Superdome though, as opposed to Tulane Stadium? Like would and like they gave Tulane you know the home field advantages obviously. Uh, you could maybe do like a 60, 40 stadium split with, uh, with the fans. But I mean, I think that's fine. Then I think that actually be a good idea. I think, I think the main, the main hangup would probably be, um, you know, Daniel, how many does Tulane's new stadium see? Like it's not many, right? I think it's 30 K. Yeah. Like that's just for LSU. Like, especially when you think about it, like if LSU's playing in new Orleans, that's a home game. So like everybody, everybody here, all the students, all the the big time fans, me, Daniel, we probably all drive down for this game. So like if, if, and think about how many, like theoretically, you know, if it's, if, if Tulane thinks they're going to sell out this game, they're only going to give how many to the, to the opposing team, like not many tickets. So I I think think, they would make more money. Like if they, no, yeah. If they went to the Superdome, but I don't, you know, I don't even know if that's on the table or not. So. Oh, well, uh, I mean, if Tulane's smart, I think that's what they should push for just to make it happen. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so I guess, uh, you know, some, some, some things are in the works in the scheduling front that look very appetizing. So I hope uh, they'll get it done. I think Scott Woodward will because he, he already has. Um, and that brings us up to any recruiting news we might have. 
Uh, no commitments this past week, which makes it two in a row. Maybe there's a new trend going, but uh, some good news. So I guess I can toss that to you, Daniel. Um, we did have someone who who kind of listed us in one of their top four, and he's a, he's a pretty big guy, pretty big recruit. Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, it's that part of the show where we talk about high school boys again. Don't clip that one. But uh, so, yeah, Garrett Dellinger is an offensive tackle out of Michigan State. I don't know why that state keeps popping up in this show. You mean the state of Michigan, not Michigan State, the college. Correct, out of the state of Michigan uh, in the 2021 class. I believe he's a four-star offensive tackle, but yeah, he just dropped his top four today, including LSU, and he's received a bunch of crystal balls for LSU. So it looks like he might be committing. And so we need that offensive tackle to to anchor down the line. And that also shows you the recruiting reach of LSU that to influence this guy all the way up there. I don't really know why we have such ties to him, but that'll be nice. And then speaking of... Uh, crystal ball we got a crystal ball prediction <laughs> that was my my canned joke but yeah speaking of crystal ball we have Bad a crystal ball for shamar stewart who is the number one recruit in all of the 2022 class he's only a sophomore but this guy's a beast 6'5 236 defensive end out of uh, opalaca florida i think it's outside miami and so he's the only five star currently in the 2022 class and you know he's projected to go to LSU obviously a lot can change in three years but if you look up his sophomore tape you're like oh my goodness this guy is crazy and so good to see that we're hopping on the boards for for him also sorry I had to hit y'all with that canned joke well and then also um uh Caleb Williams he released his 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 date for um commitment right Mm mm-hmm yeah, Caleb Williams, number one quarterback in uh, 2021, said he'll be releasing his commitment on July 4th, so he's about to pop off with the fireworks. It's down to LSU, Oklahoma, and Maryland. I think most insiders say OU at this point. I'm, I'm going to make a – I'm going to uh, actually – I'm going to make a crystal ball right now. This is – for all the insider information for the listeners, this is what you won't get on the pay sites. So, Caleb Williams has announced he will be doing his, his – uh, his uh, his announcement on july 4th also known as independence day i think there's symbolism in that he's going to be going to an independent school mark it down he's going to notre dame crystal ball right here Ooh, that's a good one that's a good take right there i was gonna say yeah he's going to clemson i don't know why but no one's covered clemson yet so i'm just gonna put that out there and he's just doing it on july 4th i don't know maybe he's just trying to to piggyback on the the national revelry, he's doing it on he's doing it on July fourth because Deshaun Watson didn't he wear number four? I think he did. Yeah, and so uh, he thinks, see, he thinks he'll be the I next Deshaun Watson. Um, well, one other thing I wanted to mention about uh, Gary Dellinger uh, his his other three um, schools that he's looking highly at they're all in the Big Ten: Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, and then there's LSU in the mix. So. That that does say some something good about LSU trying to get their recruiting footprint, you know, outside of the state. Some are saying maybe they've been focusing more so outside the state, and it's like there's not too many guys in the state that they they've got on on the team yet. But yeah. uh, that says something though if if they can pull some because that's where we got uh, we got Austin Deculus from up in Big Ten country. Uh, I say 
all the more power to it. I remember back a few years ago, <laughs> people in Louisiana were getting all up in arms about Jim Harbaugh coming down there and doing like a recruiting or like a football camp or, or something like that. And mm-hmm. they didn't want him doing his camps down in Louisiana. Cause you know, that, that's our country, but Hey, um, I say, you know, the best man gets the other man. So why not? Why not let it happen? Else you can pull people from the big 10. I'm all for it. Yeah. I'm all for it as well. So yeah. let's, let's, uh, you know, Daniel, say you're all for it. Say it, Daniel. I actually am all for it. <laughs> Jesus. Talk about canned. Anyway, um, <laughs> so moving right along, uh, just not too much else in the news, just a few quick mentions. Um, LSU basketball did have a, a couple things I wanted to toss out there. Uh, I mean, it's just, just going to mention it because it was posted. Um, LSU basketball suspends uh, Cortez Cooper, uh, I guess indefinitely because he was – uh, arrested in Illinois for, you know, what the authorities are calling uh, possession of a controlled substance. He'll be uh, he'll be cooped up for a little while longer now. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you can everyone can take a guess what that is. I'm just going to assume it was probably study pills uh, that he just didn't have a prescription for. But who knows? Um, but anyway, I mean, he 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 did play some decent time this past year, but uh, I mean, he wasn't uh, you know a name that popped up too often. But I don't know. Maybe that's a depth issue for Will Wade. Um, but speaking of Will Wade, uh, LSU's favorite, uh, the guy that loves to hate them the most, Dick Vitale, uh, is back on his conquest to be uh, LSU's biggest nemesis in, in basketball world, that is. Um, he's saying that he has information that sanctions are about to come raining down on LSU basketball. Mm-hmm. LSU basketball itself put out a statement that says they don't know what he's talking about. Uh, Jordy and Coletta have invited Dick Vitale on their show to maybe clear up what the hell he's talking about, but no word if he's accepted or will do that. Um, Cause he did before, uh, you know, after all the Will Wade uh, saga started unfurling, but uh, I don't know. Do you guys, do you think this is um, something to be worried about or once again, much ado about nothing? Well, well the NCAA is never uh, – you can never count the NCAA out. <laughs> They're always willing to, to give, down, uh, give down sanctions, warranted or not. But, I mean, with Dick, track, Dick Vitale's track record uh, these days, especially with, uh, as it goes to LSU, and his just very strange obsession with Will Wade and hatred of Will Wade for no apparent reason, you know, no one will talk about – uh, how, and I don't really care, but like supposedly coach K and Nike had some huge deal where they were paying the Zion Williams. And it was like, it's like documented no. all the stuff. What? Like, no one cares about that. And if you watch the documentary, like the whole, you know, the whole thing where they have on tape where Will Wade, like kind of admits to it or doesn't really admit, but like, you know, the, the, the incriminating tape or whatever from the strong offer. Yeah. The strong offer from, uh, Dawkins, whatever, uh, whatever's name, what was it? Something Dawkins, Christian Dawkins, uh, documentary on HBO. Like, if the sanctions were going to come, it's been two years. Why aren't they here yet? So I don't know where what Dick Dick Vitale's doing. I don't know why he's obsessed with LSU, but uh, you know, I, I would anticipate probably not. Yeah, I think we get off pretty easy here. If anything, like 
this was a big deal over a year ago. I mean, obviously these investigations can go on for a while, but at some point it's like, okay, everybody kind of knows a little bit something shady happened, but LSU, it's not like we got the next LeBron and dunked on everyone for the championship. <laughs> like we just had some basketball players. That's about it. Um, and then you have to think that if whatever the situation was, and now that we got exposed a little bit, we probably cleaned up the act and we're not continuing to do this. So it's not yeah, like we probably just got better at hiding it. Like, come on. Yeah, we're not going to get our pants caught down the second time. So Dickie V um, he can continue his, his spiels. Yeah. And let's, let's also keep in mind that, uh, you know, when all this kind of came to the surface, uh, I think it was Joe Oliva at the time, you know, he, he caught a lot of flack for this, but you know, they suspended uh, Will Wade for like the, you know, that the last part of that season when all this stuff came out and um, they, they didn't really finish the season as we thought they might have because, because of that. Uh, so it's like LSU kind of already self punished a little bit. So even if there was to be something that came out, uh, I think the fact that LSU nipped it in the bud early kind of uh, prevent, you know, saves them from, uh, you know, a bigger punishment down the road should that even come about. Right. I mean, everyone like LSU was doing all right. And then this stuff came out and I believe it said, well, let's just suspend Will Wade. And fans were like, what? How do you believe these rumors over Will Wade? He's your coach, a.k.a. We're doing really well this year. <laughs> but, but, you know, then they did it. And LSU, you know, the, the assistant did OK. They finished the season OK. But, you know, it just kind of derailed what he had going. So. Well, and the thing that the thing to keep in mind anytime you talk about NCAA regulations or sanctions and all that is that um, the typical way and LSU a lot of I mean, there's a lot of criticism for LSU because they're almost um, too eager. A lot of people say they're too eager to sanction themselves. The way that it typically works is if LSU becomes aware of uh, of an issue or any school becomes aware of an issue, a potential issue. Um, the compliance office will make a determination of whether they need to they need to go ahead and, and self and like punish themselves or whether like they'll let it fly. It's kind of like it's a it's a you know a calculation of like if we get caught for this if this thing gets big like are we going to really pay for it? Do we need to just, do we just need to admit it right now? And historically, LSU has been very eager. Uh, to jump on themselves and say, you know, because, oh, and because the, the point of that is uh, the NCAA, it's, it's a voluntary organization. You don't like there, it's not a real, they can't actually really do anything to you. They're not, a, they don't have police. They don't have an mm-hmm. FBI or whatever. So what, what'll happen is the, 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 the college will punish themselves and then say to the NCAA, uh, Hey, NCAA, we found out we, that our, one of our people did this, we have taken this this action. We have punished these people. These are our self-imposed sanctions. And if you ca- if you do it the right way and you give yourself a punishment that the NCAA sees as, as fair, then they'll just let you and they'll let you slide. And the way that they typically do it is that if you that like if you do it right and you self-report, you're the self-reported. They'll basically accept whatever you say. Like they'll they'll accept your own punishment but they're going to pop you more if you hide it. So LSU has, has been, and sometimes to their own fault, very, very proactive in punishing themselves. So I, I almost think that, you know, just judging off that, I feel like sanctions are probably not as, uh, not as likely 
because we kind of already sanctioned ourselves with mm -hmm. suspending the coach during like his best season. <laughs> yeah. As long as your team doesn't get canceled on Twitter, I think you're uh, doing a pretty good job. There you go. <laughs> um so moving right along uh there wasn't uh i think too much else but uh just trying to round out things with uh with lsu sports here so out of lsu baseball uh just some some quick news here lsu had a, a, a recruit uh, his name was dylan cruz he's from orlando uh now he initially he said he was going to go into the mlb draft but he changed that Wednesday when he said he withdrew his name uh, and is now heading to Baton Rouge. Uh, the draft was actually going to take place uh, this Wednesday. So um, he did it exactly a week uh, beforehand. Um, he, he said it's, I don't know, it was a dream of his to get on a, a campus and play for a great program in front of the best fans in the country. Um, he said he'd probably look at the draft process again in 2023, which, you know, I guess goes to the NCAA rules. Uh, then he goes on to thank God and, you know, coaches and, and all that stuff and wants to compete for a championship. Now, uh, would you say that he's like such a highly touted recruit that they would possibly compare him to like, uh, an Alex Bregman, you know, somebody of that level, what, uh, you know, what do you guys think of, of Dylan Cruz committing to LSU? I don't really have a whole ton of insider information on him. Uh, having Hi, Tommy. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, how it is. No, joking, joking. Um, no, but uh, I don't know. Do you, I, I really don't know too much about the guy. Like if it was, um, the, you know, Bryce Terrain from two years ago, then I would think, oh, my God, yeah, that is definitely the next Alex Bregman. But uh, I, I didn't know too much about Dylan Cruz. I know, Dan, you, you probably didn't either, but I don't know. No. Uh, do we know if, yeah, do we know enough about him to, like, say if he's, like, the next big thing or not? I'm not sure. I know there is another guy, Drew Romo, who's a catcher out of Texas, who is an LSU signee, but he's projected to go in the first round of the MLB draft. But a lot of people are saying that if he falls, like, too far, he'll, like, pull his – like, he'll, he won't sign with the team and he'll go to LSU instead – so that's could be big for us as well. So that'd be two like premier prospects in one class, which doesn't really happen too often in college baseball. Right. Yeah. I'd seen that. I'd seen that Cruz was a, uh, was like a first round talent. Um, baseball is so much is, is so much, I think harder to evaluate talent. And that's why and there's so many different tiers of what exactly is first round talent. What is this talent? What is this talent? Because of, you know, when you think about it, like you have like minor league baseball is, is almost, like college baseball and so I, it's hard to say like okay well a third rounder like can he play for an sec team or you know that kind of stuff so um i think that i think that but i, I know that a first round talent is is a, is going to be a good player and that's what i i read that he was going to be you know he's a he's a big guy he can he can yeah, he's got all the five tools or whatever he can hit he can throw he can uh you know, hit for power, hit for average. He's got a, a nice, um, 60 yard dash. So I, you know, I'm excited about it. Um, you know, eager to see him on the field. I think that LSU needs, needs all the, all the talent they can get after this disappointing, what <laughs> two weeks of football, baseball we got, <laughs> but, right. uh, or not even two weeks or not two weeks, but it's probably like a month, I guess. I don't remember exactly how long we got, but, um, yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, yeah. 
cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think, I think also it's, it's always good that uh, anytime, and this, I think this applies in football, baseball, or basketball, anytime a player sees enough in a program and sees a lot of, and sees a lot of opportunity in a program to choose that or going to the pros, whether it's Jacoby Stevens staying for another year or it's, uh, you know, Skylar May staying last year or, you know, him choosing to, to opt out of the MLB draft and opt out of getting paid right away to go play for LSU. Right. And it's not just getting paid right away. It's not like basketball where he just has to wait a year uh, or he's forced to wait a year or football where he's forced to wait three. Like he's opting to wait to three. wait three. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that says something. Um, but other than that, I didn't really uh, see too much out there. Uh, did you guys, uh, did you guys see anything that you wanted to mention? Well, you know, I, I hate to kind of bring the podcast down a little bit, but I saw a very disturbing video on the TikTok. Daniel, I think, I think you, you showed it to me. Um, and I don't understand why this hasn't been getting more attention. Uh, Dan Mullen, coach of Florida, is just out here on TikTok with his own a TikTok account broadcasting domestic violence. What? I think it's dis- I think it's despicable. No. I think it's disturbing. No, it is. He it is he is is on TikTok kicking his wife to the beat of a song. Oh and, he's, my God. and he's laughing as he does it. It's really despicable. Um, and I think that the NCAA needs to investigate. Kind Daniel, of what sick, say you? Kind of the sick thing about it is that she seems to be enjoying it. Um no. <laughs> Look, I, just don't describe it. You know, if our viewers want to go watch this horrid video, let them. But just please don't describe it here. I think I might need to say it just to uh, to clear the air. But uh, so they're doing a little like TikTok viral dance, just going back and forth. But it is a little bit weird that Coach Dan Mullen of Florida, he's got enough time on his hands to be making these quote unquote viral videos instead of coaching these recruits. I'm sure they love to see that, just him dancing sure. around. But uh, he's he's one of the kids these days. No, I will say though, in all seriousness, you know, obviously he's not domestically abusing his wife. But I mean, I, if I was if I was a, a, a member of the Florida, uh, you know, Florida athletic department, I'd say, okay, I get it. This is why this is why we're going eight and four. This man's over here dancing with his wife online. Why are we you posted a video on our TikTok of Coach Joe out there getting his jog on, just ex- <laughs> exercising? Yeah, like I mean, come on, like come on, Dan. I think that uh, I think that maybe you need to work a little bit more with uh, with Kyle Trask and and get off the TikTok. Ooh! But we'll see you in Gainesville. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Uh, and I guess that's what I wanted to say earlier is, um, you know, regardless of you know how serious Chris uh, Tropical Storm, uh, just to clarify, Tropical Storm Cristobal was uh, the last day or so. Uh, I got to give kudos to the, you know, the, the LSU brass for just taking the precautious step and doing it decisively and timingly just to have it done and make a decision and move on. Unlike, you know, certain other institutions that reside, you know, in and around Gainesville, <laughs> which, you know, when it comes to a hurricane, they just, I don't know. <laughs> what do I do? I don't know. But anyway, I uh, just want to Scott, do- Scott, don't, don't put it. Don't, I mean, what? give them some what? credit. Those map, those radar maps are kind of hard to read. They don't know if it's coming, you know, so that the thing's spinning around, is it coming towards us? Is it moving away from us? Right. They don't right. teach that kind of stuff at, at the university of Florida. 
red means stop. That means the storm is stopping and not coming. Guys, I know, but I also forget this was their first hurricane, right? <laughs> yeah. Like that's why this this happened. It's why it went down that way. Like they hadn't gone through a hurricane before. No, the so, state of Florida has never had a hurricane before. I know. So like how do you prepare for that? You don't. So maybe maybe we need to ease off of Florida, just give them some slack. Uh, but anyway, um, I guess unless Daniel has uh, something burning he wants to, to toss out there, get off his chest, that might do it for us. No, that's a wrap. I got all my bad jokes out my system. I'll have some more next week, though. Cool. More dad jokes coming to you. Hopefully some more LSU news and, and otherwise coming to you. But that'll do it for us this week on Talking Tigs. Uh, stay tuned. Stay safe. And we'll talk to you next time on Talking Tigs. <laughs>